Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Lord, we receive your love for us, your power on our behalf. We receive your work in our lives, and we glory in that, God. We're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. These past days, we've been going through uh, our devotions uh, through the different kingdom parables. In fact, specifically in Matthew chapter 13. You see, we're talking about the kingdom of God and its implications in our lives as disciples. And it's interesting because part of the goal is that we would like for us to grow in being kingdom-minded. What does that mean? To be kingdom-minded is to recognize that the kingdom of God is all around us. And you would like to be able to respond to that. You would like to be able to pursue the kingdom. To be used of God to advance His kingdom. To recognize that, oh, my resources, I would like to be able to, to invest them into the kingdom of God. My children, I want them to grow up knowing uh, that, you know, that, they would, that they should be part of the kingdom of God, that they should pursue the kingdom of God, and that they should advance the kingdom of God. And when you go to your office to work, and when you lead your business, you're thinking, Lord, what... Lord, how could you use my leadership role to be able to advance your kingdom in the workplace or in my business? To be kingdom-minded and to be able to apply kingdom principles into how we live day to day. So, this morning, we're going to read from the last kingdom parable in Matthew chapter 13. And interestingly, this parable contains a warning and a huge implication for us. A warning and a huge implication for us. So, let's read together. This is Matthew 13. In, we begin reading from verse 47. It says here, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, as Jesus relays this, relates this parable, you know, you, could, you couldn't, you, you, your immediate thought would be, oh wow, that's the kingdom of God gathering every kind of person all across the world. That's true. But then it warns us of a coming judgment. Now, going back to the passage, um, the net that they were talking about was, it's like a drag net. It's, it's, it's not the usual small fishing net that, that we think of. It's a huge wide net that usually two boats would be needed to be able to bring the, uh, the catch in. So it will be, they will lay down the drag net between two boats. It's wide. And then they bring it into the shore, catching everything that's in there. So it's, that's also why it's called a drag net. Now, the picture there is that it would catch all kinds of fish and marine animals. And then when they get to the shore, they would now sort it. Sort it into, it says there, um, when it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good, good kind of fish into containers, but threw away the bad. What's the good and the bad fish? To them, in their time, it simply meant the good fish were the acceptable ones. Those were the fish that they could eat, the bony one, the ones with bones and with scales. So as you know, but those other types of marine animals that do not have bones and scales, uh, they're not acceptable to eat. 
So, for example, they caught some shrimp there, they would bring it back. Crabs, they would bring, they would throw it back to the sea. They would not be able to use, those would be the bad ones. They are not acceptable. So now, that, not, that now gives you a bit of an idea. Aha, uh -huh. what does that have to, what, what's the implication of that in terms of how Jesus would now describe uh, what will happen towards the end of the age? Now, we're grateful because this particular parable, Jesus um, interprets for us. In verse 49, he says, So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous. So the good and the bad fish, we now have the righteous and the evil. Now apparently, right here in this moment, Jesus is describing for us that, there will be, that, be, that God will choose between the righteous and the evil. Now, it would be good to ask the question, what makes the righteous acceptable to God and what makes the evil not acceptable to God? And then the huge warning, it says there in verse 50, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the first, the warning that we hear from this passage, from this parable is this, that there is a coming judgment and the righteous ones and the evil ones will be sorted out. There is a coming judgment and the righteous ones and the evil ones will be sorted out. So as the kingdom of God brings in all types of people, towards the end of days, we will be judged. I thought, you know, anyone who belongs into the kingdom of God, I thought they would be acceptable already. Well, there will be people who will associate themselves with Jesus, at least by name. But they would not be true believers. So they might be part of those who are not acceptable. There are people who would be part of religions or churches that they would go there, but not really have their own personal faith in Jesus. They might not be part of those who will be accepted. So what's this difference between the righteous and the evil? Now we understand this from the rest of scripture, that, this, that the righteous are not those who are righteous by their own deeds. Because no one could ever be acceptable to God just by their own righteousness or by their own religiosity or by their own ability and effort to keep the law. No one is able to keep the law blamelessly. In fact, for those people who would, uh, who would consider themselves connected to God by name and who would go through all of those self-righteousness, they will be amazed and surprised that towards the end, they will be judged among those who are evil and will not be acceptable to God. So who will be the righteous? Who will be the righteous? Now that's a good question. I read a while ago that passage in Acts chapter 10 in verse 36. It's actually, I, I came across this passage a few days ago in my own devotions. In the New Living Translation, it says there very clearly, uh, Peter would describe this to Cornelius. He says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel. And again, by extension, to us, the nations. This is the message of good news. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ that now men and women are called by God unto Himself, that they can be forgiven because of Jesus Christ and what He has done at the cross. And that we can now have peace with God through that. So these are people, the people who would be acceptable and would be considered righteous are the people who now have peace with God, who have believed in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross, who have looked to Jesus' sacrifice for the forgiveness of their sins and for salvation, and not to their own ability to be righteous or to keep the requirements of the law. 
in the last part of that passage, it says, who is Lord of all. So it's not just about believing in Jesus as the Savior, but it's also surrendering to Jesus as Lord. So there are people, so the, so the people who'd be acceptable and righteous in God's sight are those people who'd believed in Jesus as both Savior and as Lord. So I'd like to give this challenge to, to those of us, to those of you worshiping with us this morning. Maybe some of you are young people. You, you know, your, your parents drag you to church. <laughs> you, you go to church. My encouragement to you, you need to come to your own personal faith. You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ yourselves. Because when that day comes that you will be judged before God, you will not, it will not be, the faith of your parents will not be credited to you in that way. It, you will have to have believed in Jesus Christ yourself. And I pray you would do so. You would pursue God yourself. There are those of us who, who have, um, who have already begun to approach God, but, but have not yet surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let me put out this challenge to you now that that, what will it take for you to take that next step? That to not only look to Jesus, you know, as the one who forgives you of, of your sin, but also to look to Him as your Lord, the one who leads you and who will transform your life, who will now be the true master of your life. May you surrender to the Lord Jesus today. And for the rest of you who have already believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, as both your Savior and as, as your Lord, you've lived and walked with Him. May you receive the assurance today that God has made you acceptable by the righteousness of Jesus Christ as you have believed in Him. You've already received that peace with God. That's the warning. The warning is that there will be a coming judgment. And the primary implication is, how do you know that you're part of those who will be acceptable, who will be righteous? As we mentioned, do whatever it takes to make sure that first, you are part of those righteous people, those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And second implication is that, Apparently, we're called by God to preach the gospel to everyone regardless of their response. What does that mean? You see, the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom is brought out to people. And it brings in all types of people. And we're called by God to carry the goodness of the kingdom whether people respond to it or not. Now, I know often we, we prejudge. <laughs> you know, isipin natin, uh, is this person ready? Mukhang hindi pa naman masyadong ready. Hindi ko muna share ng gospel. Uh, I, I have a friend who's one of our ministry unit directors and who leads our outreach uh, to different Muslim communities all across the Philippines. He mentioned this to me one time, you know, answering the question, how do you know if a person is ready uh, to be able to receive the gospel? Well, you won't really know. So instead, you share the gospel to that person. That's how you know. Because when the person receives the gospel, then he's ready. But if the person does not receive the gospel, then he or she is not yet ready. <laughs> Which means you'll have to move on to the next person to share the gospel too while keeping the relationship with the first one. So what will we do? We preach the gospel to people irrespective of their response. We preach the gospel to them and hopefully they respond to the gospel uh, or most of the people you share the gospel to would respond to the gospel indeed. So to summarize all of that, we'd like to encourage you and charge you today. As the parable of the net explains, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ yourself and preach the gospel regardless of who receives it or of who responds to it. Now, some of you might be saying, but, you know, that, that's the difficult part to actually be able to preach the gospel to people. You know, I, I don't know if I'll have the courage to do that. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. You are not meant to manufacture that, that, that courage and that boldness yourself. Rather, surrender yourself 
to the Holy Spirit. Receive the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit emboldens you to be a witness, to be able to preach the gospel courageously to people at every opportunity that you will get. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ yourself and preach the gospel regardless of who receives it. We pray that you will begin to walk with this kind of kingdom mindset, that you will be used of God indeed to advance His kingdom everywhere you go. Let's just pray together. Lord, I stand with my brothers and sisters, believing together with them that you will use them to be able to preach the gospel to many. And I pray for those, Lord, for those of them who have yet to take that next step of believing in you. Lord Jesus, today, would you speak to them, reveal yourself to them, and cause them to put their faith in you as their Lord and as their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship together. Our sin has been defeated. Oh, death, where is your sting? The love of our Messiah has won our victory. The power of your love. We sing, Lord, we receive the love that bought our freedom. The love of Christ our King We receive it We receive it We receive it Your love for us We believe in it We believe in it We believe it's powerful us we receive it we receive it yes lord we receive it your love for us we believe it we believe in it we believe it it's Lord, today we receive the power of the Holy Spirit that emboldens us to preach the gospel regardless of who will receive it. Lord, thank you for using us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless us, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you'd like to watch these messages every weekday morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.